Come on, Kino. Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, I could go I could go on and on and on with that. Welcome to episode 234. That's 234. It is the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah, and that was the intro to the greatest for me. And, I, and I'm a massive Disney fan, as a lot of people know. The greatest Disney movie of all time, Robin Hood. Mr. Liam Keane, do you concur? No. Oh, Keno. Keno. <laughs> don't give me some Mulan rubbish going on here. Don't give me don't give me don't give me any kind of like craziness. I, I don't I want something. Don't give me beauty in the beast. What what can possibly, possibly beat? The incredible movie, feature animation film that is Robin Hood. It is pretty good. Oh, pretty good. Yeah, Come on, then. You're, you're going to you're gonna have to go big time here for something special. Although I don't think I've seen it for a long, long time. I might have really oh, seen it. Oh, you've got to rewatch it, mate. Absolute genius. Um, arms, arms for the poor. Is this, is this a Disney film? Is 101 oh. Dalmatians a Disney film? Yes, Keena, of course it's a Disney film. Okay, well, that's, that's the woman. 101 Dalmatians, the anime is a legendary film, but uh, the fact that you even have to ask whether it's a Disney film or not, um, and, and your movie takes, actually, from the last couple of weeks, leads me to believe that you're not the right person to be having this conversation with. Yes, I'm also a uh, also a grown man. So um, you know, those... a great man, did you say? <laughs> grown man. I'm also grown also man. also a great man. <laughs> uh, but those uh, those days are long behind me. Um, so sorry, granddad. I uh, oh, wow. I've, I've wow. given up on uh, watching too many Disney films. Excellent news. Um, how's it going, mate? I know, I know you're doing very, very well because you know the your commitment to the cause. You've been off this week, and it seems like you're off every other week, to be honest. But you're off Monday to Thursday this week, so you're doing this on your day off. So I've got to, I've got to tip my hat to you um, and um, and let you know what, what's been going on. Have you been enjoying your time off? Well, you know, you make it out like I've uh, I've booked this off. It wasn't, you know, I I used up. Uh, well, I didn't even get the choice actually. It was handed to me this this time handed off. To uh, that uh, <laughs> some might say force because of you know loo days I've accrued over working bank holidays, over working hard for the wolves coverage. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, you know what? It's been quite a busy week actually. I've not really had much time to sit back and uh, and chill out. I've been going. Hitting the gym hard, hitting jujitsu hard. I've been doing chores around the house, tidying, the cleaning. House. I've been doing the whole lot, mate. I've been painting. Painting? Oh, yeah, I was painting uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah, I've been doing all sorts, mate. I've been doing all sorts. I've been, you know, looking after, helping this ship run smoothly. Helping the, what? This ship run oh, smoothly. Right. I'm the I'm the captain of this gaff. That's not what the missus says, mate. I've seen you around the missus and you're definitely not the captain. <laughs> yeah, I don't wear any trousers. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're the deck boy with a little sponge in his hand scrubbing it. Scrubbing hard. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't, got, I haven't got a lot for you this week, which I think a lot of people would be delighted about from a, from a banter point of view because it's been boring. I'm on a dry January. I'm not going out anymore. I'm, I'm trying to trying to be fit. I'm trying to draw, get to the gym. I've got I've got... These meals that come to me get delivered, so I can't have anything else. You know, I've got like three or four little containers, which you, people have seen the old containers back in the day, but now it's like 
guy comes off, drops two lots of three meals a day, twice a week at the house, and it's just, it's a bit boring, mate. You know, it's granola or a little bit of sweet potato, a little bit of steak, a little bit of chicken and pasta, but my, it's my portion size. I like to have a... I like to have, and I'm sure a lot of people like, I like to have a big meal at night time. I like to have a decent sized meal. So when you're looking at a little plastic tub of, you know, eight pieces of green beans and and four small chicken mini fillets, Cajun style with a bit of sweet corn, it's not really, it's not really getting my juices flowing. Do you get me? <laughs> I, t- I actually, I'm 100% on board. But that is the portion size for me mm. as well. I, most of the foods you mentioned there, I actually quite enjoy eating and doing it in different ways and I'm on, I'm on a half kick as well I'm dry jan I'm doing the whole lot but I do love a big meal three days three three three, three, three meals three, 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 three times a day <laughs> three times plus a day snacks. Uh, plus snacks no I, I, yeah I'm, my portion size is the is the problem um, but no I've been yeah I'm the same I've been going out you know smashing the gym I was in the gym early this morning uh, been very productive this morning. Got out, got a food shop, got my hair cut, done the whole lot, mate. Oh, hey, Re- very before, good. Before the podcast, get it all out of the way. Get it all out of the way, ready that, and prep, because we can all see that. We can all see your physique well, and we can see your beautiful hairstyle. Well, and they're both absolutely unbelievable at the moment. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I've got a little bit of a, a chill this afternoon, but then I'm off to jiu-jitsu this evening. So, wow. you know, there's no rest Jim for the weekend. jiu-jitsu, you're going to be absolute, absolute stunner, mate, when it comes to uh, post-match on, on Saturday at uh, Southampton. I'm going to be glowing. Uh, glowing. <laughs> I'm going to um, be glowing. Look, I mean, another one red and white side replaced by another. Uh, it was a for me. It was a it was an enjoyable game. Do you know why it was an enjoyable game on 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 Sunday, Liam? Because I wasn't really apart from those first five minutes. I was kind of relaxed watching it. I, you know, you weren't you weren't on the edge of your seat. You weren't nervous. You weren't tension. People weren't you weren't moaning. It was very. It was almost like Wolves are in such a such a good place, both both on and off the pitch, you know, in, in the way that they're performing, that you just felt at ease watching the game. You know, what you don't you don't get there wasn't too many more grey hairs, you weren't going back and forth and oh it was it was it was just nice. It was it was pleasant, it was a nice atmosphere and just, just a decent, good, honest display and, and thankfully we saw some goals. Well you were a little bit stressed when Nelson Semedo Banged one in, and you're. Well, I was excited. <laughs> I, was, I was. I was excited. For for those who don't know, I, I do like a little bit of a, a Nelson. So it's basically a lot of the betting companies have, have um, priced Nelson Semedo like he is on the substitutes bench to score the first goal. <laughs> so during a Premier League game, he's normally. I shouldn't be telling people this because a lot of people might jump on this now and 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 smash the price down. But he's normally. 50 to 1 if not 66 to 1 to score the first goal and the last goal in the games um both separate bets and um, so I always have a little bit of a dabble on him first goal and last goal and man united he was 66 to 1 and if you remember he had a couple of great shots where he could have opened the scoring um and he was only 33 to 1 for this game i think because they were playing a championship side so a lot of the players get reduced on the amount of of scoring the first goal so I had a little tenner on him at 33-1 to one to score the first. I got a tenner on him to score the last. And what does he do? He scores the second out of three and both bets bloody lose. So not only does he score and I don't win, but his price is probably going to go down now because he scored a goal in the game. So, yeah, that was that was my week. But, you know. We'll never it's never seen you so disappointed to see Podenska get that second goal. Ah, uh, <laughs> drastic, drastic, drastic Podenska. 
it's interesting what you know come back to your your first question interesting that um you know you phrased it as you know you weren't really concerned or stressed it was quite relaxed and um i think wolves fans everyone will say this that they've had a a tough go of it as a wolves fan in whatever decade they're in pretty much unless they remember the 50s um most people have had a pretty tough go of it one way or another for me it was you know the league one days is sort of my era when I was sort of mid-teens or whatever um, so you, you look at at that you were buying and, smash hits top of the pops magazine <laughs> oh, yeah, those days you look at that and, and you, daily sport in, in the middle of a, of a daily express and a daily mail yeah adolescent youth I don't even know what you're on about um, <laughs> and, um, there's always a feeling isn't there amongst Wolves fans that it's going to go wrong somewhere somewhere down the line there's always a a worry, a concern. And I have to say, under Bruno Large, I wouldn't say it's always, it's not necessarily just him, I think the way the, the clubs run in general, um, for the most part, there's always, you know, sometimes exceptions to the rule, but I think for the most part, I feel quite comfortable that this Wolves team is is a pretty good, well-ordered machine. Mm. I, think that, I think that's a good way of phrasing it. Um, I'm never massively concerned going into a game anymore uh, and <laughs> it might not be the most exciting you know that it's nil nils it's one nils uh, at the moment albeit three nil the other day but you expect them to put something together and come away with a result or, or you know have a, a positive outcome at the moment and particularly the form they're in um, but then the, you see that start against Sheffield United and <laughs> defensively they were a little bit at sea Marcel I didn't think was fitting in particularly great Eight Nori with a few mistakes um, Sheffield United should have scored they had four big chances in that first half and three of them came in the first probably 10-15 minutes yeah. uh, obviously the, the fourth one being the disallowed goal um, but I still got this feeling that the Wolves are going to be alright and uh, and, they, and they found the goals and I think the main talking points really is you know, you've know you got the, the centre-back issue of course but for me going forward they scored the three goals and I was probably a little bit harsh on Fabio Silva in the player ratings. I did see that. Um, I agreed with all of them. I saw, I saw a 7 out of 10 for Fabio. I'm like, 7? Seven. Seven. Yeah. I I was, that, I was, I was like going to put... Not like you two would be harsh in player ratings, mate. Look, look. I'm actually very... Fabio 7. I think I'm very, I, I think I'm very fair. So I think I gave Semedo a... Did I, give him a I think I might have given him a 9, you know, for that oh, Sheffield United game. I can't remember. Um... No, I think I'm actually pretty fair with them, but mm. I will I will own it when I make a mistake. And I I felt the next morning that I made an error with that one because um, I yeah, very we've all, we've all woke up and felt we made a mistake <laughs> the next morning. Come on, yeah, you're right. the only one. Um, I was I, I was going to give him an eight. That was the plan. Um, and then I was sort of analysing it and thinking about it. And and he did have a very quiet second half. And then he came off at what 65th minute something like that. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of weighing up the giving him an eight for what was basically a first a good first half performance. There wasn't really much to base him off on a second half. Um, I think I, the fact that I, the, the lack of game time that he's had to come and put a performance in like that, or, or yeah. be against championship opposition, um, you know, when, when he's obviously been out of favour quite a lot for Bruno, his speculation regarding his, his, his short-term future at Wolverhampton Wanderers, and, and the fact that he could come and put a display out like that and to... To embrace it, whereas maybe at the start of maybe the last season where he was a little bit timid, he was still finding his feet. He might have he might have gone 
maybe not hiding. I think he's always made decent runs, but you know he might have got his head down. I feel like his his body language is always top draw. He always wants the ball. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always you know very much even if he's not playing very much on social media is quite a bit to put himself out there. And I think for a young lad with the pressure of it, he must read everything as well and, and, and know all the speculation that that it was a very, very mature performance from him, albeit, yes, mainly for 45 minutes. But overall, going into that game, it was probably it was probably as good as what you could have got, I would have thought, from him, apart from maybe scoring a goal. Yeah, I think when you add that context to it, I think you're right. I think that's fair. Um, I think I probably would have been a little bit too literal uh, if that makes sense mm. um, in, in, in analysing the, the performance. And when you add that, that context to it, uh, yeah, I should have gone with eight. But I think um, I, I was pleased to see him perform the way he did because not only do I think there's a player in there, um, and we've seen it in, in, you know, in spells, I think Wolves were crying out for an option up top, a bit of competition for Raul. And I think he's proven he's worth keeping hold of and not sending it out on loan and, and having it as an option. And and Bruno almost, um, you know, alluded to that after the game to say, you know, if he he did what I wanted today, he's been doing it in training recently. If he carries on that way, he'll get more minutes. That's me. Um, you know, that's not word for word what he said, but essentially that was what Bruno was saying. And uh, I think that he's an option there. He's certainly certainly an option. And um, I think he had, yeah, he, he linked it very well. It was nice little. Back heel passes, cute little passes inside here and there with with Pedence particularly linking up, uh, and then that pair together were, were great. And I'm sure we'll, we'll mention Pedence in a second. It was it was magnificent. Um, and then you got Troy, you know, didn't didn't quite work for me, um, and I'm sure that'll be another talking point as well. But it's uh, overall they they overcame a bit of a challenge early on defensively. I thought then Duncan looked good in the second half, and then going forward they they got the goals, and that that's been the biggest. Um, that's been the big, biggest criticism probably he's not scoring enough and they, and they bagged three so you can't complain just just finishing off on, on Fabio uh, unpopular opinion let's say um, and, and agree or not with this statement unpopular opinion Liam Keane Fabio Silva is actually right on course if not ahead of the curve when it comes to his progression when he was signed for that fee last season ooh that's a really good question I'm going to say I'm going to agree with that and I'm going to totally disregard the fee when I say that mm-hmm. because I think if you if you focus so much on the amount that was spent on him yeah which understandably some fans do I can, I can I can get it it's a lot of money if you totally focus on that people are going to want a ready-made starter yeah you look at he signed at 18 he's 19 now I think based on his age, his experience, um, the type of striker he is, you know, he's very different to Raul. He wants to sort of get in behind, and uh, I've mentioned, I've compared him uh, in terms of style anyway, very similar to Gary Lineker plenty of times on this podcast, in that he wants to, you know, be in and around the six yard box and finish. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that when you when you look at that context and, and ignore the fee. Uh, if you're going to focus too much on the fee, I can understand why people wouldn't agree with it. Yeah, I mean, look, he's always going to have that fee around him. He's 19 years old, but it, you've got to separate that fee for me. You really have to separate that. That's yeah. not his fault. That is not Fabio Silva's fault that wherever that money came from, wherever that money went, wherever it got recycled, you know, end of the day, he will always have that tag, that, that price tag on him. He won't be the first player. He's definitely not, he was definitely not the first player, and he definitely won't be the last player. And look, 
he um, that that's that's what's happened. I think Wolves have got a very good, young, promising striker that may never live up to the hype, or he might he might just about be you know be an, a very very good Premier League forward. And if he's not, I do think that Fabio Silva. I think what what I'm absolutely convinced with is that Fabio Silva will be a very good top quality striker, whether it's at Wolves or in a different country for the next five to ten years I really do I don't think he's going to go back into obscurity I really don't I think that he's got the attributes to be something when he adds goals to his game when he gets a run in the game when he gets that confidence up I think that he will be a top quality striker for a team hopefully it's Wolverhampton but if it's not maybe his, maybe his style might be might be suited more you know, abroad maybe to Spain maybe to Italy but I do think that he will have a very successful career and hopefully, like I say, it is with Wolverhampton Wanderers, but I do feel you've got to separate that fee sometimes. And a lot of people struggle to do that. And and I think that's un- that's unfair on Fabio because it's not his fault. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. You have to separate it. It, it can't be it can't define him, can it, as a as a player, and particularly when you're as young as he is and you look at his experience and you know, he only played a handful of times really for, for Porto, so um I think you know he's come in as well last season at a time when when Raul got his terrible injury and was forced into the side essentially uh, he was shoehorned in and I thought he held his own considering the situation he was thrown into how difficult it was this year he's been very limited with minutes there's been a lot of chat about him but he showed something in that game it was the polar opposite mm-hmm. of his 45-minute performance against Spurs in the Carabao Cup in September when he got hooked off at half-time. He was dreadful in that game. So it was. You're going to get that with the youngsters. Of course, of course you will. Of course you will. You're going to get the peaks. You're going to get the troughs. Exactly, exactly. And Bruno actually uh, referenced that game and said, you know, this was worlds apart from this Sheffield United performance was worlds apart from that game. So um, an interesting thing that Bruno mentioned, which I think is worth me mentioning, is. The, the, the massive gap in time between September and now. And he's had you know limited minutes in that time. He's come on against Aston Villa off the bench and done very well in that comeback game. Um, but otherwise, he's, he's, you know, his minutes have been very limited. It proves, hopefully, that what he's doing behind the scenes and the coaching he's getting is improving him as a player. And he's slowly but surely getting to grips with what Bruno wants from, from the striker. Um, I think there's a... You know, a massive call to say that, that that does prove that I think Bruno and his staff are hopefully improving the players around them and doing a good job, which I think everyone probably agrees with. Um, that in the long run can only can only be good news for Fabio, I think. And hopefully in the second half of this season now, again, as I said, Bruno alluded to, he, he'd get more minutes, more Premier League minutes, and with that, some goals. And um, and then, yeah, get that confidence up, because I think that's a, a big a big thing for any footballer. I think for him particularly, his character, but also his age, it's going to be massive. Yeah, and similarities with you, Liam, as well. I guess you know when we we brought you in from Warsaw, we paid a pack of chewits and uh, and a bag of pickled onion monster munch crisps, and we haven't got value for that so far. But I think in time, give it three or four years, you'll be at least worth maybe maybe the the monster munch, not not quite the chewits. I don't think you'll live up to that reputation. But it was it was forty nine pence, well paid. Well played. <laughs> I tell you what, both of those are elite snacks as well. Oh, magnificent! <laughs> you the old adverts with the old, the old um, Godzilla as, as with a big oh, chew yeah. it. Oh, they're, 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 don't make that! Don't make them like that anymore, do you? I want to chew it now. Oh, I want to chew it. Absolutely, can't. It's healthy, healthy January, pal. 
Chewit's not going to spoil it, though, is it? Is it? Is one Chewit. Um, Daniel Pedence, look, it's uh, it's great seeing. We mentioned it on the video, so I'm not going to go over over. You know, watch the analysis video if you want to watch the analysis video. But two two goals. Uh, second one cost me five hundred quid. But anyway, two goals, and he's really coming into his own. I think that. He has almost thrived on the situation, maybe the responsibility. I think that Bruno has given him, uh, and the fact that look, I think when when Pedenza has come into the side, we've talked about maybe a little bit of petulance, a little bit of frustration. He's had injuries, he's had niggles, he's had knocks. He's also had to play alongside Pedro Neto and Adama Traore, who who probably when they were when he was playing with them, Pedenza probably took a back seat because you know out of those three players, you kind of you kind of are drawn towards the. Uh, the box office that is Traore, good or bad. You're drawn to the brilliance of Pedro Neto and Daniel Pinets maybe had to pay, play second fiddle a little bit. We, we all know about the struggles of Traore when he's in and out. You know, Pedro Neto we're looking to hopefully see back in February at some point. Pedence has got the limelight now and I think that he's fit. He wasn't fit, I think, when he came back. He, he's, he's got himself fit and it's showing it. I think Wolves are reaping the rewards and... As I said, and we, we discussed on the video, a run of 10 games now, 5 to 10 games consistently playing 90 minutes is only going to make Daniel Pedence a better player and, and in turn Wolves get better results because I think he is key and he's, he's very, very special. Definitely. He, he's played the, well, he started rather the last four games in a row now. Um, I don't remember the last time I could say that in a Wolves shirt for Daniel Pedence. And he's grasped this opportunity with both hands and... I think not only are Wolves reaping the rewards from it, but so is he. Um, I mentioned this on the video, and as you say, go go watch that for, for more in-depth on that. But he uh, was very unlucky earlier in the season, you know, getting COVID after a great West Ham performance. He would have played against Norwich. Um, Bruno confirmed that to me at the time as well, that you know he would have played that game. He was very unlucky. He missed a couple of games off the back of that COVID uh, positive test. And... Really had to work for his way back into the side again. You know, Huang was still in the team at the time. Trincao was being preferred on the on the other flank to uh, to Traore. Now Huang's injured. Traore's not quite in form. Trincao is steadily improved in one or two performances, but it's not quite clicking for him still. And Pedence is uh, is for me the first name on the team sheet out of those four wingers now easily. But obviously with Pedro Neto still being out, of course. Um, and I think he was. I think, you know, there was times where I was, and, and you know, colleagues of mine as well were calling for Pedence to probably get one or two more chances two or three months ago, and they never came. And I think now he's really up to grips with what Wolves want, and he offers both sides of the game. He's quick, he's good on the, uh, on the, on the flank out wide, carries the ball really well, has got a great touch, a great low centre of gravity, um, very tricky on the ball. And those latter characteristics mean he's very good inside as well. He can come into playing behind a striker in a sort of 10. He can drift inside and allow the wing-back space on the outside. Um, he can do both of it. Whereas you look at Traore and it's obvious that he's better on the wing, out wide, receiving the ball and running at people. That's his obvious strength. Pedence can do all of it, I think. Um, and he can do all of it very well. He's looking at the moment like a shrewd bit of business, albeit it was a while ago. And the reason we're saying that, as you say, is that he had injury problems, he wasn't quite fit last season. Um, but he needs this run of games now. He's he's on four starts. I'd be shocked if he doesn't start against Southampton. Um, and if he can go on 10-odd games starting in a row and, and 
keep up this level of performance and and maybe have a link up with Raul that starts to force Raul back into form as well. He could be invaluable to, to Wolves. He really could. And um, and yeah, he's, he's been he's been brilliant. And once again, the dog has to interrupt me. Well, mate, dog walker time, mate. So you know they're very excited to, uh, to get a little one and a half hour walk for the for the day. To be fair to them, so I can't I can't help that, mate. I can't help when they're going to turn up. So what, what what can you do? What do you want to do? <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to come into Trey in a minute. So I'm going to move away from that now um, because I think questions and stuff. And I, I am after going on in the last couple of podcasts, I am very keen to to keep this to an hour. So I don't want to go off at different tangents. We'll we'll come back around to to certain players and we when we preview. Sheffield United and we look at January and the transfers what I do want to look at though Liam is we're 19 games into the season so we are at the that's my cue to say halfway point correct there you go thank you very much uh, I didn't you, you know my, <laughs> I'm not very good at maths so for a quick second I was like I think that's what he wants me to say yeah, but I'm not... <laughs> yeah. 19, 19 times 2 is 38 38 games in the season Liam King so um, just off just off your the back I want to I want to I want to ask you uh, a couple of questions. I want to, some awards, some some mini awards, some half-term awards, some some halfway point awards. Who is your Wolves player of the season so far? Give me a runner-up and give me a winner. Runner-up first, please. I'm very glad you told me I can give a, I can give a runner-up because yeah. it would it's between two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my runner-up is Ruben Nevers. Okay. Um, I think it, it was a close race between the two, but I think he's gone to another level this season with the help of the coaching and Bruno mm. and he's playing alongside Jan Moutinho, who I think deserves an honourable mention. Uh, he's playing alongside Jan Moutinho a lot more comfortably than he was last year. Range of passing is brilliant. Uh, he's set up two or three goals with, with you know, a plum really great passes. Um, so yeah, he'd, he'd be the one for me. And then my winner would be mm. Max Kilman. Hey. <laughs> I, I didn't wait for your little run up there. So, um, I think that was obvious, really. I think it'd be anyone's. Um, it's it almost. I don't want to be too dramatic, but it almost is beyond belief how consistent he is now. Uh, and I've said that, and there's going to be some sort of clangor against Southampton now. But um, he, you know, I think a lot of fans saw him last year and thought he probably deserved more games than he got. He's had a, a you know a pretty meteoric rise from 2018 when they signed him for Maidenhead. And he was always sort of an option. Um, and then this year, by hook or by crook, by, you know, Bruno's had his hand forced, really. He he started because Bolly, obviously, his his issues, Mosquera injury, you know, would he have played a three or gone with a four? He wanted to sign in, didn't get one. And he was almost forced, in a way, to give Max an opportunity. And he's, you know, the definition of taking it with both hands. He's been absolutely superb. Um, playing on the right-hand side as a left-footer as well. He looked a little bit uncomfortable in the Leicester game, the first game of the season, but since then he's been he's been wonderful. Um, and his, his ability to, you know, he wins everything in the air, he's great with his feet, he strides out with the ball and relieves pressure on his defensive midfield and, and even creates attacking opportunities sometimes with the way he strides out. He's very, very powerful, athletic and strong. Um and yeah, I've been very, very impressed with him. And, and as I say, the consistency is, is, the, is the, the massive key for me because um, he's got to an age now at 24 where he should be playing more games and should be starting to reach that kind of consistency. But he's never had the opportunity to do it. And now he's doing it, but he's not making hardly any errors. I mean, the, you know, the Brentford one is a, is a one-off, but hardly any errors, hardly puts a foot wrong, wins every duel. 
up against some of the best players in the world. Uh, yeah, he's been magnificent. So uh, an unexpected number, uh, you know, winner there at the beginning of the season, but he deserved it. <laughs> what is going on now? Sorry, it's the um, was the orchestra pulling you off, mate? Because um, at the Oscars you only get a certain amount for speeches, and uh, that was going on. So normally, when you're going on and on and on a little bit, I'm going to look playing some playing some orchestral music, and then you've got to get off the stage because we've got other awards to give out. I've, here. I've got to give the bloke some credit. We've like, got been... other awards to give out. We are on a time limit. Right. Okay. I'll be much okay. shorter than the other ones, but we've got casualty coming on straight afterwards. <laughs> half an hour. All right. Yeah. People want people want their the A and E fix. You're such a knob. Uh, <laughs> it's an astonishing scene. Disrespect. Uh, I would say a special mention to Jose Sarr as well. There would be very, yeah. very unfortunate, but probably I think you're right. I think probably would be um, would be a worthy worthy third. And let's be honest, the way things are going at this moment in time, that would probably be a three two when it comes to an actual dinner or presentation ceremony at the end of the season. But we're only halfway there, so we shall see. Um, se- second, your your young player, which could be very similar to your player, but your young player of the season and runner up, please, Liam Keane. Oh, I've got the winner. I can't think of who my runner up's going to be now. So the winner is the the winner is Ryan Eight Nori. Oh wow! Okay. I mean, who would, who would you have gone with? I'd probably say Max Kilman again. No, for me at twenty four, the, the, that's not a young player anymore. Okay, okay. I okay. think twenty three is a is it okay? Is okay. a push and just I okay. think. Okay, all right, that's fair. Um, Ryan Eight is your winner, is he? Yeah, I because I yeah. I, I, mean, I can't think. Of, I can't think of any other youngsters who were gonna who were gonna who were gonna challenge him there. Really, I mean, Hover's not you know played massively. Trinkel. <laughs> Stop it. How? No, I'm trying to think. How old is Huang off the top of my head? He's not. He's like 25, isn't he? No, Huang's 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 not. Yeah, he's not. So no, basically, you're saying you're basically saying that uh, that Ryan Nori is is absolute shoe in. I haven't got a run. I haven't got a run up. Um, Fabio Silva, whatever, you can have a runner-up. Uh, yeah, eight Nori, yeah, no, yeah, I thought he was, yeah. Um, yeah, I think eight Nori, when he came into the side, uh, was was very good. Was mm-hmm. in certain games where Wolves were poor, i.e. the Burnley game. Um, actually, no, excuse me, I'm thinking of the wrong game. The Norwich game and the Palace away game as well. Where overall Wolves weren't great, particularly the Palace one. He was probably the best Wolves player on the pitch in both those games. Uh, again, particularly the Palace one. Um, John Ruddy is your runner. I think he's, uh, he's he's come on again uh, this season. I think he's improved. He looks very good. I've been impressed. Good going forward. Defensively been more solid. Unlucky that he's got his injury when he did, but I think he'll force his way back into the team eventually. So, yeah, he's my winner. Excellent. Um, just one player for these these last, last few, last three awards. Most improved... Most improved. Most improved. You can tell we haven't got you haven't got it on your list because I haven't told you about this uh, little segment that we've got going on. Most That's improved. all good. I'm good off you know I'm good off the top of my head. I'm mm. I'm actually going to go. Maybe it might be recency bias, but I'm going to go with Daniel Pudence. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think for all the reasons we've mentioned, really, his fitness and injury issues, and he looked a little bit. I think it's probably fair to say he looked a little bit disjointed in the side at times when he was playing, mm. potentially because of the fitness. Uh, but I think he knows his role much better now, uh, and of course he was being used inside slightly more uh, on occasions under so Neil last season. his best position? For me, it's still as part of the front front three. I can't if that <laughs> that's a tongue twister. I can get more words out um, because I think he's got more freedom there to come in and out and and play. If they Wolves changed formation and it wasn't a five and it was a four, 
I'd be very tempted to play him in behind a striker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as a front four really would have a a, a good opportunity just to have a free roll and roam. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this formation, I think you know I don't think you pl- you change to a a three five two for example and play him in behind. Yeah, I, th- I think you play him out wide. Okay, um, Danny Fredens most improved biggest disappointment. It's got to be Trincao. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll give him credit. I think in the last couple games, um, I think he has improved slightly. I think he looked pretty well, a pretty decent first half against Man United. But overall, you know, as a, I know he's still young. He's twenty one, isn't he? But as a as a young lad coming over from Barcelona, he's got you know fairly big reputation. He looks like a handy, tricky winger. Comes in and and. From preseason, really hasn't hit the ground running at all. That's the that has to be the biggest disappointment because he comes in with, as I say, the reputation. There's an option there to buy him as well for a, a sizable fee, uh, and right now does, he doesn't look worth the money. So unless he can improve massively, yeah, so far I'd be the biggest disappointment. And finally, Liam, for the uh, the the Oscars or the Wolves Oscars of the uh, <laughs> the, of the first half of this season, who's going to have a big second half? Which player do you think is going to have a big second half? That's a real good one. I'm going to go with Huang Hee Chan. Oh, okay. Probably a little bit okay. unexpected there. Um, I, I was almost tempted to go Jose Sarr there, but I think he's had such a big first half of the season mm. that it's almost. I think he. I think he's just going to carry that on, really. Okay. Um, so I don't think it really answered the question. Yeah, I'll go Huang. I think um, he, he was very good when he first came in, early parts of the uh, of the season after his signing. Uh, went a little bit stale. I think it's fair to say. Uh, Maybe overused. He looked maybe a little bit tired. You know, it's never good to get an injury, um, but it might give him the opportunity to rest up, recuperate, and come back, and hopefully come back, hit the ground running again. When are we uh, looking to see him return, Liam? Approximately. I know he's yeah, back on the back on the turf, isn't he? Yeah, it's uh, potentially Feb. Um, hopefully, you know, provided it all goes well with getting back on the grass, as you say. So, um, you know, if he comes in the same time as. I know it's not anywhere near as serious an injury as Neto, but you know, it might need to take your time with both of them potentially coming back in just as a as a precaution. But hopefully, by the time we we hit the end of the season, end of May, you know, my prediction will be right. I think um, he suits the system really well, so I think that, that that he could be the one that has a big second half. Good stuff. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say Raúl Jiménez is going to have a big second half. I think. Um... He's obviously going to take him time. He's taken him time. I think you know the first half of the season to, to we've seen little moments of Raúl Jiménez, but we haven't quite seen him hit the heights. Well, we haven't seen him hit the heights. Let's be honest of what he has done previously. He's I think it's maybe two goals this season so far. I think he'll be looking to have a really big second half, and I do feel, especially with the likes of the players coming back, I think the service might be a little bit more consistent. I think they're starting to, you know, hopefully score some more goals. I think Raúl Jiménez will will get back to. Um, maybe not the, the 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 high levels that we saw him of, but I think maybe eighty to ninety percent going into it was always going to be a you know a difficult season for him, and I think he's got over those nineteen games now. He's obviously had issues with you know form with with the frustrations with maybe a team that aren't creating too many chances at times. Um, obviously his headgear. I think I think we'll see him. He scored two. Is it Liam so far? I think I'm right in saying two. I could see him scoring another eight. At least, and, and making it into double figures for, for the for the Premier League season. I do hope so because I think that'll be a, a pretty good return from his mm. first season back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I really hope so. I really hope so because I think he 
he he deserves it as well, uh, and it'd be great for be great for the club, of course. And a good way to a good way to start the second half against Southampton on Saturday. I think that's made for him, to be honest. But but we Too shall right. see. We'll come on. We'll come on to that. Um, right, Liam. It's January. We're we're in. We're approaching. What day is it today? What date is it today? Thirteenth. So we're nearly in the middle of January. What's happening? What's happening? We've got. Um, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a very short answer. We've got uh, obviously the talk is of. Of a centre back, Bruno said he wants a centre back. Um, we've heard differing views from Bruno. He might have changed his stance slightly, and you know maybe the a little bit more kind of, I would say, understanding of Jeff Sheen. Jeff understands Bruno, and and they're all very happy families. And and from a from a signing point of view, they're all working in the same direction, and that's that's one hundred percent true. You know, I'm sure any manager would always never be satisfied with his squad. I'm sure they'll always want to improve. Um, Look, Saïs is at the African Cup of Nations. We saw Marcel, who who picked up a bit of a knock on, on Saturday. We saw Dendonka then go into centre-back, which I think worked better. And I'm pretty sure when we come on to preview this, you'll have Dendonka starting at the back on, on Saturday against Southampton. So so let's say Saïs is, is unavailable for three Premier League games, OK? And the talk is of getting another centre-back. Like if you're going to buy, let's say buy a centre-back and someone to come into the first team, are you buying someone to... To play a couple of games because we're not going to play on Saturday. Maybe come in for a couple of games and then, and then when Saiz comes back, does he keep his place? Does Saiz come back in because he's done nothing wrong? I assume he does. And then you're back on the bench. Do you bring someone in loan just to just to kind of help out, but kind of be periphery, or do you look at it and go, well, Marcel, the, the knock's too bad. He's he's available to to play. You've got Dendonk who who actually played pretty well at the back. Um, you know, you've got other options if you need to have them. You know, Hoover's played it on the right hand side of a back three before. You're going to have Saiz back in in three games. Do we really do we really need this centre back now? It's Is a centre midfielder more of a priority. <laughs> it's a really interesting question because, and that is all of what they you know in football as financially you know the the board, Bruno the manager, all the things they have to weigh up when they make a decision, all the all the minds that have to go into making a, a, a transfer. Um, it's, it's, it's it's complicated, it really is, because you you look at when Sars is going to come back and, and what they have available. But I think Bruno's made this point himself, and I think it's a good point, that they've been fortunate they've had no injuries to either Kilman, Sars or Cody. They play three at the back, and virtually all season they've only had three centre-backs. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a massive slice of luck that they've got to this point without... Having to change formation or bring Marcelo Dendonka into the back three earlier, so I can totally understand the want for a centre back, um, and I think it still should be a very high priority. It really should. I still totally agree with you that midfield they need an addition there. Mitinho and Neves have played very well this year, this season rather together, and I've been very impressed with how they have been able to put last season behind them because it, it didn't work. It was very disjointed last se- last season, and they they've made it work this year with the help of the, of, the, of the coaching team. And I've been very impressed. But Moutinho, of course, is, is getting on. Then Donker, uh, flat to deceive might be slightly harsh, um, but he hasn't you know pulled any trees up as he uh, this season, and it's been a couple seasons like that really for him. I would make a sign. And I think they need a. a, a, a centre midfielder that goes through the thirds, drives forward with the ball, will play a one-two with Raul, for example, spray it out wide and get into the box. Someone with a more attacking intent. 
Um, if, if you're playing a three in midfield, a proper number eight is really the is the kind of player I'm talking about. Um, but then we have to look at the reality of of where Wolves are in this January window. And it, it, Bruno's made it clear that centre back is his priority. He's said that in as many words. Well, Scott Sellers has kind of said that they're not going to be making any major signings. So. Well, and this is exactly what I'm about to say that in terms of the midfield hope. Bruno's made it clear that centre back is his priority, and then Scott Sellers has made it clear, and and we you know we we know from what we've been talking about on this podcast and the reports elsewhere that Wolves aren't going to make a host of first team signings. They may make a first team signing if the right deal comes comes along, but you know don't expect them to splash out 30, 40 million on a on a on a centre back. So um, it puts them in a difficult position because uh, they're having Bruno's having to work with what he's got, and I think he's done very well having done that so far this season. Um, and they're also, and you know, they brought players back from loan, Giles and, and Sanderson, but they're also acutely aware of the players that are coming back from injury and hopefully they'll get Bolly sorted. So um, it's almost like, it, I know you play devil's advocate with it and, and, and it's the right thing to do for the discussion. Um, but it's as, as you mentioned there, you know, do they bring a player in for, you know, a couple of games and then, he, you know, he's on the bench or he's, you know, he's on loan for the season and he doesn't come back or, you know, Bruno's made it clear that he wants a signing that is going to improve their team, not be a player for the squad. That's why they've got just your, your likes of Sanderson uh, and your you know your Jordans in midfield, for example. So it's um, it's the key to this, Liam. Though is the key to at least at least at the back is the key to working out. And I don't think anyone really knows what's going on. Bloody hell, we don't even know what country's in some people because he was on the bench <laughs> in the African Cup of Nations last night. Do we need to find out? what the situation is regarding Willy Bolly. There's been very mixed signals coming out. Even when, when Bruno spoke of Willy Bolly and, you know, he wants to speak at a different time and we've had, we've had little tidbits here. There's been talk about him potentially being available this January. There's been talk about him being at the African Cup of Nations. He's not there. He's training with Wolves. He's, he's injured. You know, if you're looking at someone to be brought into this club, if Willy Bolly is available in two weeks' time, and you've got to hope that he's not going to get any injuries. Isn't that the player that you want sat on the bench for when there is a, an opportunity, like he has been for, for maybe six or seven games this season, when, I guess in inverted commas, he wasn't fully fit. Can he get fully fit, I guess is the question. And if he can get fully fit, isn't he the ideal person without bringing someone in from the outside for six month, on a six-month loan, let's say? Mm-hmm. If they're not signing someone you know, permanently, if they're going to sign someone permanently, for me, they've got to come straight into the side and they'll be a starter. So... So surely Willie Bolly, at least till the end of the season, fills that gap. Mm. Just to make it clear, he's not at the African Cup of no, Nations. No, his name's on the bench last night. The Ivory Coast. I know. You know, you obviously, you know, kind of um, put that out last night that he wasn't because he's very much at Compton Park. Um, but but for some reason, they, they, he was named on the bench. Very bizarre situation. But he's obviously getting back to full fitness, and you're speaking to Bruno tomorrow. With the likes of Willy Bolly and seeing where he is, isn't he the person who can? And I know a lot of people will be screaming and throwing stuff at this microphone saying, no, we need another centre-back. And I get that. And I do think that Wolves need another centre-back. But if you're not bringing someone in to start ahead of, let's say, Saiz at this moment in time, which, let's be honest, he's probably has been incredible. But Conor Cody's not going anywhere, whether you like it or not. And I, and I wouldn't have him anywhere anyway. Max Kilmer's not going anywhere. So, Roman Sace is probably the person in that side who you would think is going to be the most, I guess, susceptible to rotation at least. I don't think they're going to bring someone in signing. They're not going to bring someone in on big money. They're not going to bring Botman in on big money or someone like that. So, do you bring someone on loan for six months and seeing what the situation is when he's probably going to sit on the bench anyway when Sace comes back? 
Or do you wait for Willy Bolly and say, right, well, let's see what you can do. And if you do get injured again, then, you know, we'll have to make a, you know, more likely than not, he's going to be off in, in the summer. But at least you've got that bench warmer if he does get back to full fitness. I think you have to weigh up the short and long term, don't you? And this isn't an excuse. This is a reality that January is difficult to do business in. You see uh, Newcastle going after Botman and how Lille have inflated the number they're asking for in the summer for him. Um, already, uh, understandably as well, uh, you know, players, clubs rather, don't want to lose their players, uh, particularly in January and when Lille, as a specific example, are in the Champions League. So um, you look at the short term and the long term. You've got Roman size out of contract in the summer. Do they do they move expecting he, he may he may move on? Uh, of course, you've got him for the rest of the season. Bolly is a massive one. Currently, with a calf injury, has had lots of little niggling injuries and illnesses along the season, which has prevented him playing. Really, that one game he did play against Spurs in the Carabao Cup, he wasn't fully at it either. Um, and having spoken to, to Bruno about that, it, it seems that it's you know reoccurring injuries or, or bad luck, really, that small things keep happening to him as he moves along, and it's not quite. He's not getting back to fitness in time and then the impression I get is that he's not going to be back particularly quickly either um, so of course that's an issue but he would be you're right he would be the one that you would say look that he, he steps in as, a, as an option you've got Sanderson for the bench as an option you've got Mosquera coming back fairly soon from injury hopefully be an option they they are I, I do think they need a centre back but I think it's Provided they don't have any particularly poor luck with injuries, it is doable to the end of the season. And I can understand the reluctance to go out and bring a player in for the sake of it. Uh, and that isn't exactly what Bruno doesn't want. And then on the other, you know, the flip side to that, bring a player in for an inflated fee that may or may not be in the, in the first team this season or even next season, next summer. So. Uh, I can understand the yeah I can understand the reluctance to to jump and panic, and I think that's what we've seen from the Wolves board since they've since they've taken charge that they won't panic and they won't jump um, at the wrong deal at the wrong time. Uh, and I think you know you look at their their history of transfers, the vast majority are hits. There's there's not many misses, albeit there are some, and. Um, I, I can understand the reluctance, I really can. Yeah. Albeit, they are banking on there not being a massive bad luck, and you know you get two or three injuries in that department, and all of a sudden you're in you're in massive you're in massive trouble. So, yeah. but that's that's the same for every department you know, on you know on a football pitch for every team virtually. You know if they get two or three injuries to one position, you're in trouble. It's very unlikely to happen. Yeah, thirty-one size. So um, going to next year to be thirty-two. Look, he's going to be looking for a new contract. He's going to be looking to secure one one last move, well, one last big contract into you. The thought, so um, whether you know that, that's the situation that Wolves have to contend with, because he'll want it, and I think he's shown that that he'll want at least a three year deal. I think when he signs a new contract, he won't be looking for a one or two year deal unless they make it very much worth his while in in wages and bumped up wages. So, you know, I hope he stays because whether he's in the starting lineup or he's on the bench. Uh, uh, a player like Roman Sice, who again I think would be in the one some of the most improved as well, shout yeah. of the awards, would be somewhere that you need to have in your squad. You need to have Roman Sices in your squad, whether that's in the starting or on that bench, because he's he's invaluable and he's obviously 
great to have around. We see all the videos that Wolves put out, and he's always a bit of the joker. He seems to enjoy his time here. And for me, he would be one that I think Jeff will need to, to sit down with as soon as he returns and and, and reward him from, from being a very good player, not just this season, but a very reliable player in the last three to four seasons. Um, so, like you say, Liam, I think a lot will probably depend on where they are with those talks and, and, and whether there's been, you know, talks of him extending, whether he's open to extending or whether maybe it's unlikely that they would do and that might change the, the tact on whether they do go for a centre-back, like you say, in January or they can get through until until the summer and then and then make a move then if, if he signs... Well, even if he signs, they're going to make a move, but you get what I'm saying. So. Mm. Yeah, um, I think it's... Just on, on size, mm. I, I totally agree that it's probably worth worth hanging on to him. As a character, as a leader, you know, he's, he's Morocco's captain. Um... As a character, as a leader, and as a a bit of a utility player, that might be a slight stretch because I know he's played centre back for quite a while now, for Wolves. But of course, he signed as a, as a midfielder, mm-hmm. um, and I just think he he's probably the one player that of that back three, as you say, that is more likely to be swapped out. But it's particularly in the last two seasons, I, I think he's reliable reliable to come in and, and I think that's what you need that's what you need in your squad and you're totally right you need the Roman sizes of a squad and there's, you need two or three of them in a squad that are going to gonna help you when, when you need them mm-hmm. Absolutely right okay um, on, to, on to questions first of all a word from our sponsors Adoption at Heart Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council Walsall Council Dudleyborough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step the Black Country Agency is appealing to adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book on the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionathard.org.uk to see the next available dates or to book your place, call 01902 one eight. Are you ready for some quick fire questions, Mr. Liam Keane? Let's do it. Can you do? Um, can you get through ten questions in seven minutes? For you, yes. Oh, love it. Okay, here we go. Uh, Ronan Gibbons says, uh, "Since we're halfway through the season, where do you think Wolves will finish, and how far do you think we will go in the cup? Norwich at home, of course, is the next round, which is a good, good draw. You can't knock it. They're struggling as well. I'm not sure whether they'll want to play a, a full strength side when they're battling against promote." Um, Relegation, of course. So, so let's hope. You, you can hopefully, expect. I'm not going to expect, but they get into the fifth round. And uh, I mean, Bruno is taking this competition seriously, Bebe. Mm. I'm going to predict minimum semi-finals. Oh, minimum Bruno's, semis. Bruno, oh. Bruno is taking us the to only Wembley. semi kicking around here. <laughs> Too right. <laughs> Bruno's taking us to Wembley. I've called it. Love I've it. called it. Love it. Um, and in the league, very good question. Uh, before the season started, I said twelfth. I think I gave myself a bit of leeway and said possibly twelfth to fourteenth. Having got halfway through the year, I think they're more than capable of getting top ten. And I'm, that's that's my answer. But I'm going to caveat that with, if you can get top half, I think eighth is probably good enough for a conference spot this season. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I think that will. I think that's possible. I really do. Oh, I, think, I, 
I think it's doable. I'm going to when say. When will t- trip and 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 and, Euro- and Euro- Europa League football, Europa uh, Conference football? No, I'm not getting too carried away. No, no, I'm saying I'm top ten is my answer, but okay. I, I I think if you if you're going to be in the top ten, I think it, you're you should be within reach of of doing of doing eighth. Well, from Bristol, Dendonka's living on borrowed time. Regrettably, he's been bang average these past one and a half seasons. Time for an upgrade in the summer, I think, says Steve. Yeah, I, I can sympathise with that. I think um, he, he's he's been industrious without being spectacular, really, for probably two seasons now. Or, well, a season and a half, as the question says. Um, I think he's a player for the squad, and I would keep hold of him. But I think an upgrade in terms of either a starter or... You know the next one to come in alongside Moutinho and Neves. I, I I think I agree. I think you need to bring another midfielder in. Tom Smith, have you taken a lean to Popworld yet? No, I haven't yet, Tom. Uh, maybe maybe this season we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I was in Popworld. I think it was the Man United FA Cup game. I think um, I was in Popworld. But good night, good night. Um, What's the chance of Cody and Kilman in the next England squad? I mean, Kil- I think I think Cody's a shoe in to be honest, and um, for me anyway. And the way that the way that Gal's picking Kilman, can you see him pushing his way into the squad now, or or even going into maybe the World Cup next year? I could see it in the future. I can't see it for the next. I mean, when when would the next squad be at this point? Now it's going to be Is it March time. There's a couple of friendlies in March, maybe. I can't think off the top of my head. It's it's it's, it's yeah. So I can see. I, I said this in the summer when everyone was talking about you know Kilman, how well he's been doing, and potentially England and I said on the podcast I think we're probably looking at about 18 months mm. until that's you know a possibility or he should be worthy of a call up which means from now you're probably looking at about a year he could do that a bit earlier and of course make the World Cup so yeah I think probably back end of this year he is more likely to be called up unless you know anything to do with injuries or, or you know something works in his favour and he gets called up earlier mm. uh, that would be my prediction anyway but I think he's within touching distance and it's it's a possibility he could make a World Cup squad. And that is, the timing from him is slightly fortunate but also unbelievable from, from his point of view. Um, and you look at what his characteristics are and what he offers, albeit he's been playing on the right, he's left-footed. We know that Gareth Southgate likes having a left-footed centre-back in his squad, hence why Mings keeps getting unfairly called up. Because <laughs> I don't rate him. Um but then Harry Maguire plays on the left, but is a right footer, so it's you know he's sort of balance, uh, battling, I suppose, for that um, for that uh, that spot. Do I think he's going to be a starter for the World Cup? No, uh, unless anything, you know, a lot can happen in a year. But unless anything incredible does happen, but I think he's got a good chance of being called up for it. Yeah, I th- yeah, I th- particularly because he's left footed. I think that that really does play in his favour, even though he's playing on the right. I think that really plays in his favour and. Even though Gareth has his favourites, which is obvious, and he's got, you know, hence why Cody gets in for leadership qualities, albeit he's been very good this season, of course. Um, he also has not been afraid to drop players at times. You know, you've seen Deli Ali, Lingard come in and out of the of the squad. Ali hasn't hasn't worked his way back in pretty much since the uh, since the World Cup. So um I think eventually will come the time when Mings or another player gets dropped out, and I think Coman, sorry, Co- Co- Kilman will get his Kilman. chance. Coman's a totally, totally different player or Ronald, manager. I'll take him. <laughs> He's pretty good, pretty good in his day, to the be beast. fair. <laughs> uh, oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine 
Kilman on the on the national stage. Can you imagine the commentators having a field day of Kilman bingo? Oh, futsal bingo. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Do you know, Max <laughs> yeah. used to play futsal for England. No, we didn't really. It would take six, seven minutes for the commentator uh, to be straight on. And, it. The, the, and the commentators, you know, some of the crap that are on national commentary duty. They will, they think they're so clever about finding these stats. Oh, oh, it's getting me, it's getting me riled up even thinking about it. <laughs> Wayne says, um, have we seen the last of a Dammer in a Wolf show or do you think you could start against Southampton? Uh, I don't think he'll start against Southampton. I think we'll probably see him from the bench. Obviously, it depends on what happens in the game. Um, I don't think we see the last of him in a Wolf shirt. Call it now, but... yes or no, £1,000. Adama Traore is a Wolves player on February the 1st. Uh, yeah. I think so too. I think so. I, I, I'm not convinced that Spurs or any other club are going to pay the type of money it would need now. It's not like he's he's out well, of contract in the summer. There's a lot of loan deal no, with the permanent. I don't, I, I don't think Wolves are going to no, do that. I don't they? think Wolves would do that at all. No, I think that would be... And I don't think that would be good business to do that anyway. Mm. Um, potentially slightly different if it's to a club overseas, but to a Premier League club. And let's be honest, a Premier League club, the Wolves potentially are going to be battling mm-hmm. for spots because Spurs aren't exactly... You know, setting the world alight, and yeah. you know, so uh, and, and just on a side note, if he goes there, I mean, I think everyone knows this. If Traore goes to Spurs and and, and Conte's there, they, he's going to play him as a right wing back. I think we all, I think this is fairly obvious. Mm. He, he won the league at Chelsea playing a five of the back system mm. with Victor Moses, the right wing back. If he can turn <laughs> Traore into what he turned Victor Moses, brilliant. But I don't think that's going to happen. So I think it'd be it'd be a strange move on a football point of view anyway, um, but I don't think we've seen the last of him in a Wolf shirt. I think he'll play again potentially this weekend, this this month. I don't think I don't think he's going unless the right offer comes in. Matt Kirby, given Sanderson and Jars didn't come on against Sheffield United, do you see them playing in January or going out on loan again? Yeah, I was a bit surprised not to see one of them get a few minutes. I suppose it shows that Bruno, you know, is um, taking the cup seriously and he's also rewarding. Kundal and, and Jordan who with, with 10 minutes each who you know they've both been desperate for minutes um, I can see them going out on loan again uh, particularly Giles because you know, Wolves are quite well stocked I think on that in that area and we saw that didn't we when Giles came back from his loan uh, was it the Shrewsbury one that got cut short last January um, and then he went back on, on loan again towards the end of the month so I can see something similar to that happening I think it, it depends really on where Wolves are with Injuries and you know, how long size is going to be if, if he's still away or if Morocco been knocked out. You know, it all it all depends really. Mm. Um, what are yours and Liam's New Year resolutions says uh, Reggie. I think my I think yeah I didn't really make one but I did think about one and I sort of said mine's going to be to compete in my first jiu-jitsu competition. Called it, and then also the you know the January cleanse, healthy exercise I'm doing, but I'm just I'm going to keep that up anyway. But but yeah. Uh, what's my January? What's my New Year's resolution? Lots more semis, mate. Lots more semis. Lots more semis. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> all right then. Very very quickly on that. Do you want to come watch me at a 
Jiu Jitsu competition? Uh, yeah, I'll come watch it, mate. I'll come watch it. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know why I asked you? Go on. Because I knew you wouldn't want to go. No, so no. So that's, that's why I knew I'd, I knew I'd get that response. If there's a, if the, if there's a VIP area that's roped off, I, I go in it. I mean, I've got a, I bring a velvet rope wherever I go. So, you know, as long as I was there and, I, you know, there's a bouncer so people don't touch me or, you know, <laughs> or, 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 or interact with me. And I've got, you know, a nice little bit of a... Nice, some sparkling water and, and a nice little bit of a meal, mate. I'm good. I'll, I'll come and watch you. I'll come and watch you and boo. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want you there anyway. Oh wow! You'd be uh, the, the the amount of pictures and piss take would be going on would be unbelievable. Oh, there'll be a, there'll be a lot of them, mate. I can't. <laughs> I can't lie. Uh, let's look. We've got time for one more. Ba, 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 ba. Which one shall we go for? People asking about Sanchez, mate. Wolfpack asking about Sanchez. Quite a few people. So that maybe we could go back for him in the summer. Is that a dead deal? Is that something that, that Wolves may re, uh, you know uh, go back in for? Do you think that that's completely dead in the water? Well, I'm, I'm I'm certain um, Bruno, as a on a football side of things, you know appreciates him and you know he's, he's he's been on the radar obviously after that after that deal collapsed in um, in the summer. But you have to look at it realistically with the finances involved, the kind of clubs that are linked with him. You're talking of Arsenal's AC Milan's that are that are looking at him, and of course he almost. Moved to Barcelona, Sanchez before his his injury initially. Um, What's so, a bizarre yeah. situation, though. You're talking about yeah. medicals over Zoom, and then they were going to bring him, and then there he was out for a couple of months, and he played two weeks later. It was all a bit bizarre, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It was. It was a bit longer Going than two weeks. I think, I think. I think it was about a month later mm. he played. But I, I get the point, though. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so, you know, I, 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 unless I am able to say. Conclusively, it's one hundred percent dead. I never will say that at this point, and you never know what happens. But you look at it logically, and the finances involved, and and what it would what it would take. It's um, yeah, it's very, it's not going to happen basically. Uh, and also, you know, there's other names like Caleta Carr, the um, Marseille centre back. You know, the, the sort of money they're talking about that would take. For him to come is unlikely. It's yeah, unless yeah, go go through the you know are any of them likely who've been mentioned? Yeah, so that it's it's really if if they were able to structure a deal that meant they could get a player in on loan and and, and have a, an obligation or a, or an option to buy, that's that would obviously you know change things. But you know Wolves aren't going to go out as I said earlier and pay 30, 40 million for a player. You know. You, your top ends of twenties are really are really pushing it as well, to be honest. Uh, so they're, they're, they're those two, Sanchez, Cleta, Carl, ones have been mentioned. Other one that's been mentioned, I'll try and uh, pronounce this right. Uh, Buena Badishile, if I pronounced that right. Uh, Centre back at Monaco. Newcastle being linked with him, and you're talking figures of thirty five million. I mean, that's just not going to happen realistically for Wolves this this month. So. Um, yeah, those those names are. I can understand why fans latch on to them, and they're obviously Sanchez for obvious reasons, and then the other two are two centre backs. Uh, but it's yeah, it's it's very very unlikely. Do you um, do you think let's say let's play devil's advocate? There's a big money offer that comes in late for Adama Traoré, and they and they accept it. Let's say, would that money be reinvested in January quickly, or do you think that it would be okay? We'll take the money and we'll 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 put it into the into the pot for the summer. Um, it's it's almost a six or one half dozen of the other question really because if they have the time and the and as you add the funds as you say for, if the offer came in and it also depends on the structure of the offer if it was a, a Liverpool type offer where they're paying minimal up front and then doing it over 
instalments, etc. That makes obviously changes it. Liverpool for Jota, of course, is what I'm talking about. Um, it's 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 really a it's it's a difficult question to answer because it's if the money's there and they have the time and the capacity to do it, then potentially yes. But then also, it it's, it doesn't directly affect, does it? So you've got a a winger potentially in Troyore going out, and then you've the areas they want to improve is is not wing really. Uh, so could they afford to then wait to the summer and reassess? They could. So um, it's really if the right deal or the right price comes along, and and they and they sort of monitor it really and monitor players of interest and and wait to see if they have an option to strike. And unfortunately, at the moment, it seems unlikely. Not impossible, but unlikely. Southampton come to Molyneux. Uh, look on the back of a 4-1 win. So, so a little bit more improved Southampton. But let's be honest, this is a game where Wolverhampton Wanderers, they're in eighth position. If they want to carry on and they want to give themselves a sneaky run at European football, these are the games that they want to win. And I think that they must win. And a draw isn't going to cut it, I think. And maybe that's me being a bit harsh, but... I think whether you look at the Southampton squad and yeah, they've got some some decent players like Broha has been um, very good this year and Chelms is probably going to start up front with him and and they've got you know James Ward Prowse who obviously is an excellent player but you look at that team and Forster Salizu Ben Benarek you know, Diallo Teller you think oh, this is a team that you can really get at and and I think it's pretty much made for Wolves to if they play well and they play like they have been doing that they should go and win this game what do you think Liam? Yeah, I mean, Southampton are actually in pretty good form, aren't they? Beating Brentford 4-1 is no mean thing. I know they're a newly promoted side, but you know, you saw when Brentford came to Molyneux, they were, they were a decent outfit. Mm. Um, beating them 4-1 is no mean feat. They drew 1-0 with Spurs. They beat West Ham 3-2, drew 2-2 with Palace. The last time they lost was 11th of December when they lost 3-0 away at Arsenal. So, um, albeit they can be got at, they're in pretty decent form at the moment. And you look at, at their lineup, and, and you're right. They've got, you know, they've got a few injury issues as well. I know Ward Prowse ended up filling in at right back for them fairly recently, um, but they've still got some good players. You know, Ward Prowse and Romeo in midfield is not is not an easy midfield. Romeo is a, a proper enforcer, really. He's not a technically gifted player, but he's a proper enforcer. Redmond and Brozier, as you say, they both cause problems for Wolves and and, and Redmond in particular. Always seems to be a player that, that pops up with issues. Mm. Um, so they, they, you know, they, they were fairly decent. I think Ben Rec and Salisu at the back are pretty solid centre half. So they've got a good record against Southampton, haven't they, Wolves? And they do good games over the last few years. They, they do, and, and you look at the game um, at at their place earlier this season, and the that was Raoul's first goal back, wasn't it, as well in that one 0 win. And Wolves weren't particularly spectacular, but they managed to. Restrict Southampton is probably a fair way of putting it. They had a couple of opportunities, but they restricted them fairly well. They kept them at bay and took their one chance. I think it's particularly in front of the home crowd at Molyneux, it's ready made really for Wolves to to play on the front foot and have the ball. And I think they will allow you to have the ball. I don't think they're really much of a high pressing side. No. They're they're better really when they have the ball themselves. And I think as you saw against Man United, who are not a pressing side, not really a counter pressing side. When you allow Wolves to have the ball, they can cause problems. And that's when they're at their best. Bruno says it virtually every week. You know, as long as we have the ball, we can do something with it. And um, I think Southampton will let you have the ball more often than not, mm. and that plays into Wolves' hands. And if they can start to create some of the the triangle passes out wide with the, with the wing backs bombing on and, and and start to play inside and, and get Pedence linking up with Raúl, that's where. 
that's where of course the problems and that's where they score goals now and I think they they should be a fairly comfortable winner here despite despite Southampton's form I think it's it's tactically ready for Wolves to, to go out there and particularly in front of their home fans take it to them on the front foot I think I think you've got to win I'm going to give you the Wolves team tell me if I'm wrong here we go talk to me Saar oh we want me to do it for each position yes <laughs> yes correct I Nori oh yes correct okay Kilman Cody Dendonka correct but Dendonka will be on the right obviously yeah, yeah. Semedo correct Neves Moutinho correct and we have front three of Pedence, Raul, Trincao. Exactly what I just said. Boom, bang, baby. Bang on. Boom. Bang yeah. on. Love it. Uh, Troyer on the bench. And, uh, and, and the bench isn't, isn't too bad, I guess. You know, like the, the usual suspects um, will be there. And I, I guess, you know, the likes of uh, the likes of the, the lads who have, have just been recalled, Giles and Sanderson, etc. So I think that seems good enough to, to, to get this game, to, to get a win here. And maybe, maybe by a couple of goals. I, They've got to play well, of course they do, and they can't start the game like they're doing against Sheffield United, but I'm pretty confident that they can they can have a, a decent 2-0 home win here. I, th- I think so. I think I think that's uh, that's probably the prediction I've gone with. Is that what we're going to go with for the oh, competition then? Oh, should we go with it? Should we go with a 2-0, a joint 2-0 this weekend? Well, well, you know what, let's, let's go. And then, and then if it doesn't come in, you know, we, you can blame Judah as well as me. So it's perfect. News. Excellent. We're getting played off by the orchestra, mate. We better go. <laughs> we better go. From me, from Liam, have a great weekend. We'll see you Saturday. Take care. Bye-bye.